Welcome to Face Off with Chris. Chris and Francesca, my brother Zach, is with us again. And once again, we are streaming live on StreamYard. Um, YouTube's giving me an issue, but this will still end up on YouTube. Uh, we are live on Facebook and the Twitter. Again, this is this is new to me from a visual presentation aspect. This is very new to me. You know, not podcasting or talking behind a microphone. This is something I've done for so long. So please, um, if you will, uh, bear with us. I'll get it. No worries. Uh, I know there's a chat feature here we got going on. Uh, if you guys want to talk, ask questions throughout, you know, we'll get it. We'll get to it eventually, either on this show, the next one. Um, so we'll see how how that goes. Uh, now, I want to talk about this, you know, to try to humanize things for a second. And Zach, I know you don't watch a ton of television, um, but if you if what do you watch on TV right now? Like, what are you watching? Not right this second. Like, do you watch any television shows? Anything at all? I watch uh, Too Hot to Handle all the time. Oh my god! I didn't expect to hear that. That's great, um, but that's hilarious to me, actually. Um, yeah. So, I, uh, my wife and I, we just um, found. I believe it was two weeks ago. We found the show Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, and we've been watching that on on uh, Peacock. And that's a show that I've been wanting to watch for a couple years now. But uh, my wife is not a fan of. Um, Andy Samberg and I'm not that much I, I love his work on Lonely Island so anything you know Andy Samberg has done for Lonely Island, uh, Lonely Island I'm a fan of but uh, wanted to give this show a shot for a while and I did or we did and I'm telling you I'm we're in the second season and I'm this close to putting that in like the upper pantheon of my favorite um you know, television shows ever right up there with the office, uh, Seinfeld, um, you know, shows like that. So yeah, if you guys end up here in the comment bar, let me know, uh, what your favorite television shows are, what you're watching right now. Um, I know next week, literally one of our favorite shows ever is, uh, what we do in the shadows that's coming back, uh, that I think it's season four, maybe season four is premiering next week, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll get to that um, some other time, of course. Now, on to why we are here uh, this evening. It is Monday, July 10th, and this is usually the time period where the NHL news you know, drips and drabs along through the news circuit. Um, this is what many consider within the NHL a dead period. Uh, just not a whole lot happening. A lot of teams just had developed – I think that you know the LA Kings are um, – had their developmental camp. The Flyers had their developmental camp last week that ended with a scrimmage Thursday night. So before we get to some of that, the, uh, some of the news that uh, broke today for the Flyers, uh, Zach, what was your thoughts on uh, developmental camp? You were there every day. You were there for the scrimmage um, to close out uh, D camp. Uh, what was your, your overall thoughts of everything? It was, it was a great turnout. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, I, I thought it went well. There was a couple of players that really surprised me and um, that really stood out. Um, even in the practice, not even just a scrimmage. Um, but I, 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 I got like four players that, that really stood out to me mm -hmm. through the whole camp. Maybe, maybe five at most, but 
I don't got any others after that, but it was it was mm-hmm. a fun time. That was actually my first time going, I believe, to a camp. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I went to a Flyers practice was maybe about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe even longer than that. I think <laughs> the, maybe Simone when Simone Gagne was around. So, yeah, you're talking 10 years, man. Yeah. So, yeah you're, you're talking 10, 11 years at this point. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a long that's time. That's not something you want to admit here. <laughs> um so who were the players that stood out to you uh I, i'll say bobby brink mm-hmm. um emil andre uh, emil andre is one of those players and i'll and i'll say this i'm sorry to cut you off one bobby brink greatly improved his skating over just oh, yeah. just over the uh you know just since we last saw him uh yeah. You know, that was one of his one of his like, I don't want to say flaws, but it was just one of the things where you thought if there's one thing Bobby Brink needs to improve on, it's his skating. And boy, he looked phenomenal during developmental camp. I, I thought so. He was flying all over the ice. Then you go to Emil Andre. This dude has NHL player written all over him. He does everything good and he still has you know, room to improve like they all do. These are young cats uh, skating around that ice. But when I look at Emil Andre, I look at a dude that's like, mm, you know what? He's ready. He's ready to play with the big boys. Uh, did you get that same sense? Yeah, I think he's one of the players that are on the ice this whole camp that's possibly NHL ready, um, other than maybe Bobby Brink. What were uh, your thoughts on the goaltenders? I mean, they're like four or five years away, but still. So the goaltender, my thoughts on Carson uh, Bajarnison, uh, he, he looks really good. Um, I did see some mistakes that he was making a lot, that he mm-hmm. he's, he's not good at um, hugging that post mm-hmm. on, like, side angles and stuff. Right. Um, and that's actually one of his uh, uh, things on the scouting report. Um, one of his weaknesses is uh, on the side post when he hugs the post on like a side shot or or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he needs to work on that a lot. And I actually saw that in the camp. And me and her are going to be best friends one day. <laughs> yeah, we, it's, we talked. We, we had a whole group of people outside. We talked for five minutes. And he, he said that we, we asked him, uh, how do you like it here so far and how late the fans and he goes, I, I don't want to be anywhere else. I'm glad mm-hmm. I got drafted here and, and these fans are just so passionate and I see it already. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think again, he's young. These are all kids. And for most, yeah. I mean, when, when you look at, when you look at goaltenders, especially when they're drafted, you know, you don't see them for four or five years. I mean, that, and he's the fact that he's 17 you know, we're just going to get used to seeing him at developmental camps. I mean, that's just the way it, it, it's going to be uh, for a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I look, overall, I thought it was really good. Bobby Brink stood out. Emil Andre immensely stood out. Um, and Oliver Bonk, man, the 22nd overall pick, one, he's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one so you know i brought my daughter to the i think it was the very first day i think it was either tuesday or, or, or wednesday one of those ones no 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 i think it was, I uh, it was the last practice no 
it might have been. See, I can't even remember. My days bleed into the next. Uh, and the first thing my daughter, it was the first time she's seen hockey players, you know, up close like that. So the first thing she sees when she walks through the sliding doors at the Flyers uh, skate zone, I'm just going to call it skate zone because that's what it's always been for me. Um, Oliver Bonk goes up against the boards. And the first thing my daughter says is, that's a big, big boy. And I was like, yes. Uh, well, I mean, any dude over the you know the height of 5'10", 5'11", is tall to us. I mean, I'm like 5'7", 5'8". So seeing these dudes that are like 6'2", 3", 4", 5", it's, geez, my, they're skyscrapers. But um, yeah, Oliver Bonk skates very well. He does everything well. And, uh, and I love seeing that already. Um, I, I, I think the future is really bright for this kid. I think he's going to be a really good player. And the fact that he's going to have a few more years to grow is tremendous. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, but overall, it was a fun time. It was good to see these young kids out there. Um, they really are the future. So many of them, uh, those kids are the future of the Philadelphia Flyers. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, seeing them but okay let's kind of talk about now why we're recording tonight so the flyers uh monday decided to a to avoid arbitration which is great with both noah cates and cam york uh kate signed a two-year deal worth just north of 2.6 million dollars per season while uh york also signed a two-year deal worth a little north of 1.6 AAV, which is annual average value. Um, look, it makes perfect sense for both players financially to to get these quote unquote bridge deals. And I know that's something uh, Zach, you talked about a couple of times for the last you know month when you call me every day. You talk about how you know you probably asked me four or five different times, what do I think the deals are going to look like for you know Morgan Frost, Cam York, Noah Cates, and I. I think I actually hit the nail right on the head with Noah Cates. I thought he was going to make between 2.5 and 2.6. Um, I think he said they settled at six, uh, 2.6, you know, 2.625. Um, and I actually thought Cam York got paid less than I thought he was going to get. I had Cam York penciled in right around like between two and 2.2. 2. Uh, the fact that he got 1.6. It's a great deal for the Flyers. I mean, it's a great deal for him. They, they both got big raises. So, you know, good for them. I'm all about players getting everything that they can get. Um, what did you think of the, the numbers per se? I mean, look, here's, here's what I will say. And I, I tried to, and I want to confirm this um, with, with, with a source of mine. Um, the Flyers, t- to me, it, it does look like that the Flyers at least – attempted to um uh to sign noah cates long term you know i do think that the fact that cates went the arbitration route that tells me and that should tell a lot of people that that means that the flyers and noah cates at least discussed contract extensions usually this is my understanding is when a player goes to arbitration that means they already had probably negotiations with said team and they just couldn't come to a common ground on what, who and who wanted uh, for how long and for how much. So you go to, you know, you go to arbitration to try to, you know, plead your case and arbitration's an ugly deal. 
you know, for those who don't know what arbitration is, you get in front of a judge or whatever, the, you know, uh, Noah Cates and his agent um, go over the case of why he deserves X amount of money. And then unfortunately on the other end, the flyers or, you know, any team professional team in front of said player and agent go over all the reasons why that player is not worth this amount of money. It's an ugly process. It sucks. Um, a lot of times it works out for the player, but the fact that the Flyers were able to avoid arbitration with both Cates and York, to me, is a massive win. Um, and it does also tell me that the Flyers are, in their heads, looking to sign these guys long-term. Um now, to go back to my question before I went on that long-winded explanation, Zach, uh, what were your thoughts on the the contracts? I I, I like the contract with Noah Cates. I, I think that – I think he's getting paid this – maybe I, – I, he, he is getting paid a little less than Scott Lawton, right? Uh, yes. Like 2.5 or was it? 2. Who, 6, who are you it? speaking of, Cates? Yeah. Yeah, two point six two five. Lawton is three, three year, uh, three million year. I, I, I think that to be honest, I think Noah Cates is underpaid. Underpaid, but it's also very important to be underpaid, but you're better than what you're being paid during your contract. So I think that's what Noah Cates pretty much did by agreeing to this deal is that he's betting on himself because he knows in two years when the salary cap is supposedly supposed to go up significantly, he's going to be a restricted free agent in two years when he's 26 years old. Um, so what he's doing is he's betting on himself. And I, I think that's spectacular um, because I think overall Noah Cates is one of the best players on this roster. I think he's only going to get better, especially under John Tortorella. Um, I think Noah Cates is a, a captain-like player on this team, on, on this roster. He is incredibly respected in that locker room. Um, you know, just ask Travis Connect me what he thinks about Noah Cates, and you'll just get a diatribe of just nothing but, um, uh, uh, you know, nothing but, but, but great things. Uh, he loves playing with the guy. Um, and it does say a lot for a player in Cates who, you know, for so many years was a winger. And just all of a sudden got thrown into the situation to be a center. I don't think that's going to change. I think he's going to be a full-time center now. Um, I think the only part of his game that needs to improve is his face-off ability. But again, you have a winger that's transitioning to becoming a center. That's a big deal. Um, oh, you know, where do you look at? From a future standpoint, starting with this upcoming season, uh, Zach, your, I guess I can say, what your your outlook, what your expect your expectations are for Noah Cates going into the twenty twenty four twenty twenty three season. I, I, I'm expecting a breakout year. Um, I'm expecting him to be better at faceoffs. Um. At a percentage stamp standpoint, I think he was like thirty six or thirty eight percent in faceoff win percentage last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if he can just get that up to maybe about like fifty, mm-hmm. that'd be really good for him. And I think that 
I think he'll, he'll score about maybe 20 goals this year. Maybe a little less. Yeah. Um, but I, I really think he's – I think he can win a sub trophy this year. So I, I think he can be um, – I think he can definitely be in the conversation, like maybe top five, top seven. It's going to take a, a big jump to get to that top spot to be a Selk. And, you know, we, we heard Tortorella discuss at the end of last season – uh, this past season that he fully expects um, Kate to be involved significantly more offensively in the upcoming season. Um, he has that ability. He has the skill. Uh, and that's just something that Tortorella wants to see. He wants to put him in situations where he can be better offensively and produce more. I look at Noah Cates. I look at a kid. If he's given the opportunity uh, to be more offensive, you're looking at a 25 goal score, a 30 goal score consistently, maybe 45, 50 assists. I do think this, I think Cates can be a 75, 80 point player if he's put in that position. Um, the issue is if he's going to continue playing center, he's going to be relied on a little bit more defensively, which is great. I mean, again, that's what a Selk player is. A lot of centers, that's what centers are. They have to be relied upon to play a little bit more defensively than to sit at the blue line like wingers and wait for an offensive chance. I get that. However, in the right situations, I think Tortorella can get a lot out of every player. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I think Cates is 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 you know that that kind of guy who if you say look take the take the training wheels off, go out there, shoot when you <laughs> if you have a shot, take it. Crash the net, take it. I want to get 25 goals out of you. Do you think Cates has that ability, Zach, to be a 25, 30 goal scorer if given the opportunities? I, I'll say maybe low 20s. I, I guess like right where you're around, maybe like 20 to 23, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think you can get the assist that you're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, he. I mean, he can get twenty-five goals if, if he's put in a position, but mm -hmm. I don't think he's gonna get ever gonna be at twenty-five goals. I think he can get to twenty to twenty-three, but um, I guess time will tell if he can get twenty-five. I agree. Um, so look, you know, like I said earlier, it does make perfect sense for both players to bet on themselves. Um, and then financially to take these bridge deals, which is fine. Um, you know, if they're both as good as, you know, we've seen them and what th we think they're ultimately going to be, then again, come the summer of 2025, you know, these two guys are going to be up for mega pay raises. Um, you know, on the flyers end, why this is so good. It keeps their cap hit low for the short term. Um, but it, it, it does put into question a little bit, you know, their long-term fits within this rebuild. Um, you know, the goal is, as it should be, to, you know, have guys signed to, you know, these value deals for three-plus years, right? So that's when, – when you look at the next two years, come 2025 – I think that's when the gloves are off. It's time to compete for, you know, deep playoffs and, you know, Stanley Cups. What I like about these bridge deals 
and I tried to say this on, on Twitter earlier, is that just because they've signed these bridge deals for two years, that doesn't mean that, okay, well, now the Flyers aren't going to sign these guys long-term. The Flyers, at any point, have the liberty to sign these guys long-term, you know, 10 games into the regular season if they want to. Um, you know, there's there's no there's no one telling the Flyers, look, by – December, let's get, you know, Noah Cates locked up with a four or five year extension. Let's get um, Cam York or Morgan Frost. Let's get these guys locked in for five, six more years. That can happen still. The whole point of this is to avoid arbitration and get these guys signed at a good number that helps the salary cap during a rebuild. There's no reason to sign these guys right this second for long term deals during a rebuild because, again, you still don't know everything that you have. So I understand what the Flyers are doing. And, and again, that's why I said earlier, I do think the fact that um, they avoided arbitration, it does tell me that the Flyers went the long-term route. They at least attempted to talk to uh, Cates and York about long-term contracts. So that's a big positive. I really appreciate that. So, yeah, this is Face Off with Chris. I'm Christy Francesco. That's Zach. Uh, we are uh, streaming live right now, I think, on our Facebook and my Twitter, at ChristyFran86 on Twitter. And um, we are live uh, on StreamYard. Again, this is uh, new uh, to us. Is this streaming live thing. But this is what we're going to be doing from now on. Um, super excited for the future here. Um of face off with Chris, we're going to be here. We're going to try to be here every week, but as we get into the the deep darkness of the summer in the NHL, you know, depending on what goes on, um, you know, we might not be here every single week. However, uh, quick little note here: uh, I, you know, it was said for so long, for like two, three weeks now, that the Tony D'Angelo trade to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes was going to be finalized by July 9th or tenth. Well, it's um, it's ten after nine p.m. <laughs> Eastern time on Monday, July tenth, and we still don't have a finalized D'Angelo deal. Here's my theory on this. I haven't heard anybody say anything, but Zach, I'm going to ask you. Maybe you haven't thought about it yet. Do you think the reason this uh, D'Angelo trade has not been finalized is because? Carolina Hurricanes are favorites to land Eric Carlson in a trade. So do you think this is what's holding up the D'Angelo trade? I, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I They've been the favorites to land them for about a week now. Mm-hmm. And nothing has happened, but um, I don't know. I thought the deal was already set, and I thought we knew what they were going to get back for D'Angelo, but um, it just hasn't been official yet, and it might not even go through if they get Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. So then Danny Breer is going to have to find another trade partner. I I agree, man. I, I think that's what's holding it up, and I, I don't have any confirmation. This is just me spitballing, thinking, man, if the – why would the Carolina Hurricanes want to finalize paying – uh, Tony D'Angelo right now when they're in the mix to hand out a boatload of cash and back the Brinks truck up to get Eric Carlson, uh, you know, on their roster. So 
that's just some food for thought. I think that's something that to watch out for. Hopefully this thing gets done within the next couple of days because there's just no scenario where D'Angelo's back on the flyers. Again, it goes with the Kevin Hayes or, you know, it's so weird that Travis Sanheim is going to have to walk through those locker rooms every day, knowing that the team tried so hard to trade you. And it's clear that the team doesn't want to move on um, with Tony D'Angelo on their roster. The coach doesn't want to, the GM doesn't want it. The president doesn't want it. So, you know, you got to do whatever you can now to get him off your roster. So we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. Um, Come back so, yeah, thanks a lot, Chuck Fletcher. Um, so look, you know, um, regarding now Cam York. Now, again, I understand, you know, Cates' $2.625 million <laughs> per year. Again, the fact that you said he's underpaid, that's a great thing. That's how talented he is. And then you look at, you know, me saying, yes, I think 2.6 is great. That's right around what I thought he was going to get. It's awesome. He's betting on himself now. I like the idea the Flyers are discussing long-term with him. Um, I mean, full transparency, Noah Cates is my favorite Flyer. I love the kid. I love, uh, you know, 200-foot hockey players. The fact that they can do everything. Um, he loves being here. He works really hard. He's, the, you know, you can definitely tell he comes, you know, he's the son of a coach. You know, every, he, he works hard at everything. Every shift is 100%. Um, let's go to Cam York. Super highly touted prospect. First round draft pick. You're, you're, you know, you're a little higher on Cam York than I am. You know, this past season, I didn't see a whole lot um, from him. Um, try to sell me a little bit on, you know, Cam York and why you even thought he was worth more than you got. I just think he was the best defenseman on the Flyers last year and him being so young and, you know, he was, I think he was like a plus two mm -hmm. this year and, I, and uh, he had over 20 points and I believe maybe less than 60 games. Mm -hmm. I believe it was. Um, I'll look it up for you. Uh, but, I mean, he was on pace for – if it's below 60 games and he had over 24 points, 25, I I think he deserves more than 1.6 million that he got or whatever it was. So, yeah, he played in a career high 54 games for the Flyers this past year. He had two goals and 18 assists and he had 70 blocks. Um, he has – uh, I'm trying to find that now. But he um, – in um, 87 career games of the Flyers, he has uh, 30 points. So, uh, again, what's your thoughts on what's the ceiling for Cam York? Yes, he's young. He's 22. Um, he's a little bit undersized. He's 5'11", 175. He was a minus one, by the way, um, which on the on the Flyers is damn good from this past season. Um, you, you, what, what are you looking at? Like, what do you want to see? What kind of jump do you want to see from Cam York? Um, do you expect him to be the first-line defenseman pairing this year? Is that what you're expecting? Yeah, I'm expecting uh, uh, first line. Um, I'm expecting over five goals. Mm -hmm. And I'm expecting over 30 assists with a 
plus minus of like maybe like plus two or something like that. Okay. Um, uh, and I think you can get there. So, um, look, I, I don't think it should be a lot to ask for, you know, five to 10 goals and 30 to 40, 30, you know, 30, to 35 assists. I don't think it's that difficult to ask for that in the modern day, you know, defenseman for the NHL. Um, I would look for obviously him to be a plus player. Um, I'm assuming he's going to probably play around 20 to 22 minutes a game. Uh, we'll see where that goes. I mean, getting rid of Provorov, that basically tells me they're going to have to up the minutes on every defenseman. I mean, you're, you just traded a guy who averaged over 26 minutes a night. That's a lot. That's a lot of ice time to make up. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes with Cam York. Um, so was, was Cam York one of those like necessities, like get him signed as soon as possible? I know you have Morgan Frost up there. It looks like he's probably going to be signed and taken care of soon. But I know you ranked uh, Morgan Frost as your first person to take care of, correct? Yes. Okay. And you're, you're, you told me already you expect Morgan Frost to be, you know, probably one of their top point getters in 2023, right? Yeah, yeah I agree. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, so, again, for those that are watching this, thank you. Uh, just to let everybody know, also, you will hear this um, in audio form. All of this gets recorded. And then, you know, with StreamYard in terms of the uh, video process, I'll just go right up. I will uh, download um, the audio and do my normal stuff. And you guys, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, um, anywhere, Google, the audio version of this show will be up. Um, so overall, you're, um, how are you grading this offseason so far, Zach, for Danny Breer? What what grade do you give him? I, I give him a, a, a nice, solid um, uh, B+. Plus. Wow, I'm sitting at an A. Um, look, I, I, I can't think of a move that he that he hasn't knocked out of the park yet, right? The Provorov trade came out of nowhere, and that shocked the system basically. Um, the Kevin Hayes deal was great. I don't care what they pay for him, get him off the team, and it was phenomenal that he's gone. I'm so happy I don't have to say his name after tonight. Um, you know, D'Angelo deals. I, I'm guessing is, I, I guess in the home stretch in the final lap here, we're all hoping. Um, he knocked it out of the park, man, with the draft. The draft was a complete, just phenomenal. That was a massive success. And then you know, um, yeah, I, I got to add the draft in there. I didn't add the draft. Yeah, that's the yeah, first I, thing I, you should do. I, I, give, <laughs> I, well, I was doing the free agents and stuff. Okay. okay. I, I, I give it a, an A+. Plus. Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm, yeah. I think they had the best draft out of, out of all the teams. Uh, well, I mean, the Blackhawks so, got Connor Bedard. <laughs> well, and they also got Oliver Moore, who was the fastest player in the draft. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I can't put them above the team that got Bedard. So I'm going to say the Flyers might have had the second-best draft um, in the NHL this year. I just thought they were just – they just hit so many home runs with the draft, and that was it was just spectacular. Um, so when we end here, we don't know when we'll be back. I'm assuming if the Flyers make another move, we can hop back on. Um but overall, the uh, rest of the summer, uh, Zach, we're in a dead time now until training camp. What do you want to see out of the Flyers now for the rest of the summer 
do you, I don't know, is there a certain position you want them to acquire free agents? Is there a, tra- is there a player you want to see traded? What do your, um, what do you foresee happening the rest of the summer? So first, I don't see them signing any more forwards mm-hmm. or defensemen. Um, I, I think I would love to see Sanheim get traded. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen now, but you're I right. I see him get traded for a pair of pucks. <laughs> I he's horrible. Anyway, but uh, I I don't. The, I'm looking at the, the projections of the of the roster next year, and um, it looks like we have too many forwards like towards like the, the fourth line, third line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have Wade Allison projected to be on the third line, but I don't think, I, I think he could possibly get traded in the all season. Right. Um, right. But I think Forrester is going to take a spot in the third line. Right. On the right side. Um, does Bobby break, make the, make the lineup. If he makes the lineup, then someone's going to have to go, out of the fourth line, but our fourth mm-hmm. line is basically filled unless you're going to send down Ryan Poling. Well, you know, Ryan Poling's not making a ton of money, so that could be a contract that's okay to keep moving. Um, uh, you know, up in, too, right? Yeah, it's one year deal, so it's no big deal. Um, you know, these are guys that are just coming in to fill the roster, be veteran, pre- a veteran presence, and then just unfortunately just uh, be out at the end of the season. Um, again, as they continue to, uh, as they continue this rebuild. Um, but all right. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in last week and thank you to everyone tuning into this week, downloading the show, um, rating us on Apple, rating us on Spotify. Um, if you're on Apple, please rate and leave a review. We'd really appreciate that. That helps us mightily. And if you guys are watching us, on YouTube, smash that like button. That helps out also. And and subscribe and follow us. That would be a big, big help. Um, all right. So I'm Christy Francesco. That's Zach. Obviously, you have the same last name. I introduced that at the beginning of the show here. So that's Zach. I'm Chris. And uh, we'll catch you guys down the road. And uh, we will definitely let you know when another episode is coming. So until then, have a great one, everybody. Bye-bye.